Welcome to In the Author's Voice. I'm Jeff Williams. National Geographic is out with its annual edition of Greatest Landscapes. It features more than 250 unforgettable images from around the globe. Veteran National Geographic photographer George Steinmetz wrote the foreword for this year's book. I recently talked with him about the book and about what inspires him as a landscape photographer. Well, Geographic, they, they've been, like, basically every year they do one of these, um, like, fabulous landscape books, and um, this is one of their better ones, but um, it's, I think it's kind of an annual thing for them. And they get material from the regular contributors, people like myself, as well as people who send in pictures to their have a, a year shot competition for amateurs and it's a compilation of all that work from the past year. I can't even begin to imagine how you edit and put together a, a, a book like this. I know from having talked with other uh, National Geographic photographers and contributors and editors that, that there are literally sometimes tens of thousands of, of, of images before you select the few that, that make it into into print. How, <laughs> this seems like a very daunting task. How do you assemble a book like this? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm glad it wasn't my job because it's difficult. I've, I've worked in, I've done four books of my own, and generally, you know, you start off with some things that are like the, you know, the must-haves, kind of the gobsmackers, and then you try to build for that. A lot of it is, is when you're doing a book is you try to have it have some uh, pacing and you have uh, pictures that visually kind of play off each other. They're somehow visually related. Um, and uh, this book is organized by season, and so uh, you know you, you do it seasonally. But some things, like I, I photograph deserts a lot, and deserts don't show their seasons very much, and so a lot of it's just by by uh, visual aspect. As a photographer, especially with dealing with with landscapes, which I guess maybe on the surface kind of look like inanimate objects, but they are or- organic, and I, I would imagine they do have their own characteristics and things and, and subtleties that depending on on what time of day and under what conditions they that really kind of speak to you as a photographer yeah you have to go and um look at a, a place and figure out you know the best the best timing t- time of day time of year perspective I, i'm an aerial photographer and so for me a lot of it's 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 timing is, is critical i want to be in exactly the right point in the sky at a certain time and um, like over, I did. Um, uh, I, I spent 15 years photographing all the world's deserts, and I generally found their best at like about a half hour, about a half hour after sunrise. Um, they're really good, but like in the Sahara, there's only like you know one month when the weather was right, and so I had to go to the Sahara like you know for November every year for like 15 years because there were a lot of places to go. Well, I'm looking at one of the photos in the book, I believe, is yours uh, from a desert in in China. And I'm just amazed. I mean, the the just the way that the the shadows are cast, and the and the way that you see the the way that I'm guessing maybe wind has influenced how the patterns are are on on the sand. I, I can't imagine that, that. I would imagine that there's probably just a pretty small window when you catch that exact image. Yeah, well, in deserts you have a lot of. There's a you want to go in a, in a calm time of year, and, and like in the spring there, it's extremely windy. And when I was in China. We were I was working in the fall, and we went by one desert area. And I saw some postcards from there, and I realized the trees turned a bright yellow, almost like uh, aspens do in the United States. And um, and I was there like three weeks too early, and so basically we extended our, our, our trip in that province to come back there. And then you had all these beautiful yellow trees sticking out of the sand, um, and it was really spectacular, never really been seen before. You know, in, in this day and age where, where we have, where there's so much stuff that, 
that's that's online and people are taking pictures all the time with their with their phones and what what is the appeal of of a book like like this one well i mean everybody they say now that the average person sees like you know like like 500 pictures a day uh between their phone and websites and whatnot but to um, to sit down with uh, to see things in print where you have really you know high quality printing and be able to basically wade into something like this is kind of like the difference. Like, would you rather you know watch a movie in your TV or go to a theater? And with a book like this, it's really a more immersive experience, like being in a theater. It's a much uh, richer takeaway. You mentioned that the book is 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 set up in into into seasons. Um, just because that's is that a that's just kind of a logical way to 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 kind of organize? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's a somewhat arbitrary construct, but it gives you some sense of order, and you don't really, it is a little bit jarring if you, you know, to go from spring to fall to winter, like three pages, and they decided to, it's just a way to generally sort things out that would give it some uh, sense of order. Um, and I think it's effective. Like a lot of things that, that, that National Geographic does, they, they really let the, the, the images speak for them for themselves. I mean, there's some identifying material and, and occasionally some uh, some quotes or maybe some context in here. But by and large, these these images are allowed to to really you know, speak to the viewer and, and and you know most of them really have have a lot to say. And I guess I'm just I'm always I'm always being surprised by what a good photograph can impart. Well, for me, what I, what I love to do as a photographer is I love to show people stuff they haven't seen before. Um, and that, the, my favorite pictures when I go through this book are, are landscapes like I've never known. And I'm pretty jaded. I've, I've been you know, working for the Geographic for 30 years. I've been to every continent. And when I can open a page and say, wow, that's amazing. I've never seen it before. Or, or the other thing, if, if, it's something you have, if it's something you have seen before, I want to see it in a, revealed in a, in a really fresh and new way. Um, and um, that, that's really the goal of a book like this. How much work goes into to to something like this? Obviously, you've got a collection of of, of images from from many different photographers, and and as you mentioned, those that the the, the different contests that that, that National yeah. Geographic runs. But um, it just it just seems like just a, a, an enormous amount of of time and and really, I guess. Uh, care on the part of the of the photographer taking the pictures goes into putting something like this together. Yeah, I mean, you're like if if it, if it was one person's sole task, you'd, this would be years of work and and to go and, and it's hard work and there's also these uh, wonderful serendipitous moments where you're in a place and you just see something quite surprising and able to, to grab it. Um, but it's yeah, you're looking at a compilation of of years and years of of hard work and lucky moments. Is it the artistic side, or, or what is it that, that, that you find that, that motivates you in, in, in the images that you take and, and seek after? To me, it's, it's curiosity about the world. It's, um, I'm just, I find the world endlessly fascinating, and um, I don't feel like you know, people say, oh, what's your favorite place? And I don't really see it that way. It's all about how you, uh, how you look at it. And it, it, um, so what I do is go out and, and explore and find facts of the world like no one's ever seen before. And it's... Um, that and share it with millions of people in a project like this. That's really that's really exciting. I was going to say, how, gosh, that must be um, fascinating as well as 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 challenging because yeah, you, you say the next year's book will probably raise the bar uh, a, a little a little higher. How, I, I guess, is there 
is the amount of images only really limited by the by the mind's eye, or or at some point do we get everything there is to capture? I still think I think the world. It, it, it's. I mean, I say I, I'm I'm pretty darn jaded, and uh, I go when I went through this the, this book, I'm still finding finding things that I didn't know existed out there, and and that's the continual challenge. And I, I think you know it's kind of like you know how many love songs can you hear in the radio? There's always something new to say, and I, I think that there you know there's there. And and also photography is is changing with now with um, digital. I'm working a lot with drones. Um, there are things that I can do now that I couldn't do before, uh, from technology standpoint. But even just in terms of going out and seeing the world, there's just um, uh, there's always new stuff, and you got to keep on exploring. I, you brought up you brought up the use of drones. I was going to ask you about about technology. I have a I have a couple of good of good friends that are are very avid uh, armchair photographers, and they each have their own personal biases about traditional film versus digital and, and all the new things, bells and whistles that, that, that digital imagery uh, allows, and including the use of, of, of drones. How, do you, how is that having an impact on, on, what you, on what you do? Well, it just opens up you know, new possibilities. In terms of photography, we're really kind of in a, in a fantasy time. I mean, I remember what, you know, when I first got my hands on a digital camera like 10 years ago, and I could change the, uh, the ISO, the sensitivity of the sensor, like I used to be able to change film, but I could just turn a dial and change the film. That was like crazy. And then I have these big memory cards where now I can shoot, you know, a couple thousand pictures that I've having to open up the camera. Um, and they can be instantaneously transmitted. And I can, the sensors are so good now. I can take pictures in the air, like in a helicopter at night. Um, and you can actually, you know, identify things really uh, clearly. And the, the color and the sharpness is great. And it's just, um, it's unbelievable what these things can do. I just, it, it keeps on getting better and better and better. Um, and now with drones, I mean, I can have a, a camera that's basically like a, a tripod in the sky at night, and, and or infrared even, and you can just do stuff that you couldn't imagine before. It's a really crazy time. So you're seeing the technology as a way to ad- advance the art and not mm. replace the art. Yeah, it's expanding the possibility, very much so. What, what do you hope that, that, that folks take away from a book like This Year's Greatest Landscapes? Um, I think they, I hope they come away with a, a, a sense of awe for our planet, and uh, in, a, in a sense that also that it's something we need to protect um, because we don't we don't have unlimited resources and there are only so many you know uncut natural forests and uh, oceans that are pristine we have to protect uh, those areas for future generations and I think you know the, the best way to do that is to show people how awesome our planet is so they um, realize that it needs to be protected. That's National Geographic photographer George Steinmetz. The 2016 edition of National Geographic's Greatest Landscapes is in bookstores now. With this edition of In the Author's Voice, I'm Jeff Williams.